But a sign is for what? Person is traveling and he sees a signboard. So what is the purpose of that signboard? Somebody keeps ignoring all the signboards. Some signboard is giving him a direction that now you want to head to a certain destination, you must take a right turn here. So he ignores the signboard. He just carries on straight. He takes a left turn. Where he finish off? Some signboard is giving a warning that watch out, there's potholes here. Now you're living in South Africa. So there's potholes here, watch out. So he ignores it. So what's going to be the end result? Some signboard is giving him some other information. So the signboard is meant to be giving him that kind of information that he should take heed from it and it will take him safely to his destination. But if he ignores it, he just walks past it, he just drives past it, like as if nothing happened. So he's asking for trouble. He's not going to reach his destination safely. He may never even reach it. So Allah is saying that there is a sign in this, meaning for those who will take the sign, those who will read the sign, those who will take the message of the sign. So what was this all about? Allah describes further, these people loved what is present-day Sana'a, the capital of Yemen. Their place was known as Ma'arib, which was not far off from this present-day Sana'a. It was perhaps a day's journey or something. So Allah had blessed them with such comforts, such luxuries of that time. And such wealth of that time that their orchards, their orchards were lined in such a way. Now, there were obviously different people owning the orchards, so there were numerous orchards. But the whole place from one end to the other, the entire roadsides on both sides, either side, was lined with these orchards in such a way, and they were so close to each other. Allah says Jannatan. It was like two gardens only, two orchards, one on the right, one on the left. Continuous strings of orchards. And these orchards obviously provided a lot of good for them. They benefited from eating out of that fruit. Then it was a source of their income as well. Then the shade of these trees as they traveled. And then the beauty of this whole thing. So this was a source of every good for them. Allah is describing this in the Quran Sharif. Jannatani ayyamini wa shimal. But when all these ni'mats of Allah comes, so the one side is the ni'mat and the bounty, but the ni'mat in dunya comes with responsibility also. And the ni'mat has certain demands. So Allah sent down the Anbiya alayhi wa salatu and according to some narrations, over time, 13 Anbiya Alayhi came to them. One after the other. And all of them gave them the same message. Kulu min rizqi rabbikum That the summary of the message of the Anbiya Alayhi was that Kulu min rizqi rabbikum. Enjoy the bounties of your Rabb. Obviously, the bounties of your Rabb in the way your Rabb has prescribed. So eat of his risk, enjoy his bounties, but washkurullah. While on the one hand you want to enjoy his bounties, well and good, Allah has provided it, but washkurullah, then make sugar side by side. Now our mind, sugar is just confined to verbal sugar, whereas that is one part of sugar. And sugar is something that is very comprehensive. Shukr, the essence of shukr is itaat. Essence of shukr is obedience to Allah Taala. And then, as much as the bounties are accordingly, it demands shukr. If you gave somebody who came by to ask for some help, you gave him hundred rands. He says, "Jazakallah, fine, that's good enough." But then you gave him a hundred thousand rands, and he just said, "Jazakallah," and walked away quietly. You feel something is not right with this person. 100,000 rands I gave him, he just quietly just went away. Because you gave him that amount, you expect that kind of gratitude from him also. 
according to the kind of ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has showered, that type of shukr Allah Ta'ala is demanding. One shukr, the essential and basic and fundamental level of shukr is iman. That is step one. But then together with iman, that's still not complete. Throughout the Quran Sharif you'll find iman, alladheena amanu wa amilu salihat. Inna alladheena amanu wa amilu salihat. Repeatedly the whole Quran Sharif, iman coupled with a'mal salihat. That those who have iman and do righteous actions. And as the ni'mats come, this is a standard thing in dunya, that as the ni'mats come, every person wants to upgrade. A person is driving a certain kind of car, now the ni'mats started coming, Allah Ta'ala's grace started pouring, so he no more wants to drive the same car, he wants to now upgrade. And then it came more than he wants to upgrade beyond that as well. He's living in a certain kind of house. Now Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat came, alhamdulillah. But then he's no more content with living in that same kind of house. He wants to upgrade from that. And then in time he wants to upgrade even further. He has a certain kind of phone. Now he can afford something better, he wants to immediately upgrade. <coughs> so everything in dunya he wants to keep upgrading. There was a time when everything in his house was plastic. Now the ni'mats came, everything is stainless steel now. Now you try to bring something plastic, it will be an insult. So there's an upgrade. So everything in dunya all the time is being upgraded. Allah Ta'ala is saying, when I shower my ni'mats, then upgrade deen as well. The upgrade is only in dunya? No, no, that's not part of the shukr only. The shukr that is demanded now that the more Allah Ta'ala's ni'mats are pouring, the more the deen of a person must be upgraded. But if before this ni'mat started coming, he was making it in time for before the azan in the masjid. But now the ni'mat started coming, he got so busy, he can't make it for takbir ula. Well, now because the ni'mat started coming even more, so he can't make it in the masjid for jamaat also, he's making it somewhere at some other time. And that is retrogression. That is against the dictates of the shukr. The shukr was supposed to have brought him further ahead in deen also. Allah Ta'ala is saying that all the Anbiya salam that came to them, one after the other, they all gave them this message. That enjoy the bounties of your Rabb. But you make shukr also. You upgrade your deen. Don't just walk on the boundaries only. That just, well, the bare minimum. Dunya, nobody is content with the bare minimum. Nobody is content with the lowest level of luxuries also. And after having upgraded the luxuries, even that too is not good enough. We are still looking out for more. And still looking out for better. How come when it comes to deen only, then we are now content with the bare minimum? Just walking on the boundaries. And a person walks on the boundaries, Nabi Islam says, that's a dangerous path. Don't walk just on the boundaries. That every person, every king has some royal pastures. You graze your animals far away from that. Don't graze it on the boundary because you could just suddenly, you can't control those animals. The animal of nafs will just over, overstep. They are, this is a t- totally different topic on its own, but there are two separate aspects. One is what is known as hududu sharia, the boundaries of deen. That is the law, that is the boundary of deen. For our understanding, one is that amount of food which will keep you alive. So that plain dal roti also will keep you alive. Person, many people live on that. Life carries on. So a person doesn't have anything better, he'll carry on with that, he'll survive. So one is survival. So that's hududu sharia. But then there's something else which is mizaja sharia. The temperament of sharia, that manner which sharia requires of a person to upgrade himself to. So understand this by way of an example. Hazrat Jarir bin Abdullah Bajali radiallahu ta'ala Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He one day, his slave, he sends him to go and buy one horse for him. So the person goes, 
he does the deal with the seller. The seller fixes the price at 300 dirhams. So now he confirmed the price, everything done, deal done. Says, well, come, fetch your money and you can carry on. So he brings him to Hazrat Jari radiallahu ta'ala. Now this was a mutual agreement. It was something that was, there was no coercion in it. There was no pressure on him. He happily agreed to the price and he confirmed it at 300 dirhams. And the time comes to collect the money as the jerry comes out and he looks at the horse. Now the slave tells him that the deal is done. It's 300 dirhams. So jerry asks him, the seller, that would you be happy to sell your horse for 400 dirhams? So he says, mashallah, I already confirmed the deal for 300. If you give 400, who's going to refuse that? What kind of a question would that be? So then he asks him, would you sell it for 500? Already he was happy for 300 and 400, now 500. He eventually brings him up to 7 or 800. And he gives him that amount and sends him off. Now, in the manual of business of this dunya, this person would be somebody who, in this time and age, if somebody does something like this, he'll be a candidate for an emergency appointment. Something is definitely wrong with him. The seller happily did the deal at 300 and he's asking him 400 and then 500 and 600 and 700. Something is not right with this person. Somebody asked him, that, what is the issue here? How come, what, what did you do here? So he replied and said that I had taken this pledge on the hand of Rasulullah that I will be a well-wisher of every Muslim. And this person, the seller, wasn't aware of the market value of his horse. The horse was not worth 300. He didn't know. The true market price and value of this horse was 700. Now, as far as hududu sharia is concerned, as far as the limits and boundaries of sharia is concerned, that deal that was struck for 300, nobody can say that was haram, impermissible, anything makru in it. It was permissible because it was done by mutual agreement. But here he had something on a different level. He had the mizaj of Sharia. The Sharia has thought be a well-wisher of every Muslim. So the well-wishing of a Muslim is give him his true value. Because if we turn the tables around, if he was standing in his shoe, that is what we would have wanted. And if he didn't know the value, and that person knew it, we'll hope that he had given us the true value. So that's the mizaj of Sharia. So what is required is the shukar. The shukar demands that we always don't keep surviving on the dal roti. That as long as we just survive. In deen, we just want to survive. In dunya, we want to be more than surviving. We want to be floating in the comfort of dunya. We want to be having every ni'mat and every bounty. And constantly upgrading. But the shukr demands that we upgrade our deen as well. That now we upgrade ourselves in terms of our deen, in terms of our salah. That a person now for years is making his salah, but is that khushu and khudu now upgraded? Every day we're making it, missing a few rakats. Now the time has come to start making at least for takbir awla. Then to upgrade that and start making some time before salah in the masjid but a person can now be sitting and collecting his thoughts, making some istighfar turning his attention towards Allah wa ta'ala learning how to perform the postures of salah in such a way that he's fulfilling all the sunnats and adab one person came into the masjid and then he performed his salah and when he finished and he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was observing him so when he came, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said irji' Go and perform your salah again. You have not performed your salah. Who is being told this? A sahabi of Rasulullah. So, comparing his salah to our, comparing our salah to his, where can we come any fraction also? Nabi is saying to him, Go and repeat your salah. You didn't perform it. He goes, repeats the salah. He comes again. He says to him, Go and repeat your salah. You haven't performed your salah. After the third time he comes, he says, Ya Rasulullah, you teach me. I don't know any better. You teach me. So Nabi Islam now teaches him. And he teaches him every posture. 
Did we take the time to go and learn the postures of salah? Ask the ulama ikram that I need to correct my postures. Am I performing all the postures correctly in the sunnah manner? This is part of that upgrading. We're upgrading our cars, our phones, our homes, our shoes, and upgrading everything of dunya. Upgrading salah, the first thing that a mu'min will be questioned about on the day of qiyamah. So, Nabi Islam taught him every posture. That you stand like this, then you recite this, then you go into ruku, then go into ruku until you are completely at rest in the posture of ruku. Then you stand up until your body is totally at rest in the standing posture. Then summasjud hatta tatma'inna sajidan. And in this particular hadith sharif, at every posture the word tatma'in is repeated. Until your body is completely at rest in that posture. Then you move to the next posture. And this is where this person had been little bit deficient that he was a bit in haste in moving from one posture to the next. And on this Nabi Islam said to him, go and repeat your salah, you haven't performed it. So now to upgrade the salah, that is part of the shukr, the demand of shukr. Just as shukr, we, one hadith of Rasulullah once he saw one person wearing very, very tattered clothes. So it wasn't that it was something that was simple, it was tattered. Simplicity is what Nabi Islam himself thought. But he was wearing tattered clothes. So Nabi Islam saw him in this tattered clothing, he asked him that, do you not possess any wealth? He says, no, Allah has given me a lot. When Allah has given you, then Allah likes to see the effects of his ni'mat on you also. So then you should not be wearing these kind of tattered garments. So this too is part of the shukr, but somehow this is the only hadith often we remember. In terms of shukr, this is the only hadith we remember. That if a person has it, then he must, Allah Ta'ala must, wants to see the ni'mat being used. So now, that is the, where our shukr finishes off. So this is the hadith we remember very well. But in terms of all the other aspects of life, just as that shukr once must be displayed in terms of not now skimping in such a way that a person doesn't even have decent clothes on, he is making his family starve, or keeping them on, the, on a subsistence kind of diet and meal. No, then he, according to his capacity, he will serve them, he will uh, take care of them. But that shukr demands that this deen also be upgraded. A person's salah be upgraded. His tilawat of the Quran Sharif comes more now. First he was reading little bit or not reading anything. Now the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala started coming. Now he's making more time for tilawat. Not the other way around. That a person often says that now I've become so busy, my tilawat went away. That before I was reading one para, now I got so busy, now the tilawat went away. This is now the reverse of it. This is opposite. Before I was making it for salah with jama'ah, now my jama'at is gone. And sometimes it's becoming qaza also. Is this shukr? This is the opposite of shukr. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that these people, the Anbiya Alayhi came to them one after the other. That enjoy the bounties of your Rabb, but remember Washkurullah. Baldatun Tayyibatu Warabun Ghafur. Allah Ta'ala, by means of the Anbiya Alayhi said to them that look, you have these major things that are demanding the shukr. One is in terms of dunya, Baldatun Tayyiba. What a wonderful place Allah Ta'ala has given you to live in. And all the ni'mats and bounties. And the weather, the climate was perfect. It was such a place where the Mufassirin stayed that there were not even any mosquitoes or any insects in that place also. If a person came from outside, from some other place, and there were some maybe lice or something on him, when he would enter into this town, that would automatically die off. Such bounties Allah Ta'ala gave them. Baldatun tayyibah. And all the luxuries and the comforts of the time. And together with that, warabbun ghafoor. That this is dunya. But if you continue the way you have been asked to continue. In the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But being insan, you slipped up here and there. Then Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving also. Allah Ta'ala will forgive you. 
all this demands that very great shukr, the ni'mat of dunya and the ni'mat of akhirat. But unfortunately, what happened, this is the ibrat Allah that is giving us. That affluence is a ni'mat, but it is a test also. If that affluence becomes a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, it is nurun ala nur. And if that affluence becomes a barrier from getting towards Allah Ta'ala, then that is something the opposite. So unfortunately, this wealth took them away from Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala says, فَأَعْرَضُوا Now they ignored what the Anbiya Alayhi Wasallam are saying to them, what the lessons are being given to them, all the warnings of Allah Ta'ala, everything is just being ignored. فَأَعْرَضُوا But, Allah Ta'ala's response doesn't come immediately. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving, tolerant. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. So they were giving, given respite. But unfortunately, they carried on going deeper and deeper into their disobedience. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَأَعْرَضُوا فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ سَيْلَ الْعَرِمِ That when they became disobedient, then we sent upon them the flood of the dams. These people were living in a place where they were in a valley, there were these huge mountains, and between the two mountains, a huge dam was built long before. And this dam used to become the source of their water. All the rainwaters used to gather here, be collected here. And they had this whole irrigation system running out of this dam through these lush gardens that they had. These gardens were so lush, it is mentioned that person going to collect the fruit would just merely put the basket on his head and just walk as he finished off walking to a certain point the basket is full he didn't need to pluck anything also so all these lush gardens and these dams were providing that irrigation system for them and everything was in place but when the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala came then the tables turned Allah Ta'ala caused these dams so now Allah Ta'ala put some rodents on it. These rodents came and started actually eating up the walls of the dam from inside. But outside everything is looking fine. But from inside, everything is becoming hollow. Now this is unfortunately the situation when a person gets into the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. What was actually eating up the wall of this dam was their sins. In the form of those rodents. Those rodents was the apparent form. It was their sins. It was a disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So, when a person gets deep into the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala's respite keeps coming to him, but he does not take heed, then from inside things start getting hollow. But from outside everything seems fine. Everything seems perfect. Life couldn't be better. And sometimes a person gets into that kind of deception. That if really Allah Ta'ala was displeased with me, then why would everything be carrying on for me like this? But if that is carrying on despite disobedience, that is a very dangerous situation. So everything was getting hollow, this dam was getting hollow, and they carried on with life. But then suddenly the day came, the appointed moment came, فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ سَيْلَ الْعَرِمِ Then that wall of the dam broke. When the wall broke, all this water then just flooded the entire place. Arsalna alayhim sail al arim, wabadalnahum bi jannatayhim, jannatayni dawatay ukulin khamti wa athli wa shayin min sidrim qaleen. Everything was destroyed. All their homes, their gardens, their orchards. And what got left was only now bitter fruit. After the flood waters subsided, only bitter fruit grew there. And thorny trees, where once lush gardens existed, now bitter fruit and thorny trees. Allah Ta'ala says, Zalika jazaynahum bima kafaru. This was the result of their disobedience, of their ingratitude. Bima kafaru. Wahal nujazi illa al-kafur. One is the highest level of ingratitude, that is kufr. This is the worst level of ingratitude. A kafir, this kind of annihilating azab comes. Whole community gets wiped out one go. 
The believers, Allah Ta'ala's azab is held away from them in this manner. Sometimes, some extent, there will be some damages, some destruction, but something that wipes out the whole community and nation, out of the barakat of Rasulullah this ummah has been saved from that kind of azab. But this azab that comes in various ways. One sahabi says, that the azab on a mu'min, jaza'u sayyi'ah, wahnun fitta'ah, that what is the punishment for the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala upon a believer? One punishment is that he becomes lazy in acts of obedience. He becomes lazy, lethargic in fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala. There was a time when he was, his heart was open and he was going to the masjid effortlessly. Now suddenly it has become such an effort and then he can't make it. Why? We need to check. Have you made istighfar and tawbah from all the sins that we have committed? The tilawat of the Quran Sharif that was happening suddenly that has now become non-existent. The tasbihat and zikr a person was making suddenly that is out. So this becomes one of the punishments, the effects of guna and sin. That a person becomes lazy and lethargic in acts of obedience. Then the second thing, diqul ma'isha. His livelihood becomes difficult. This is not something for us to judge anybody else. It's for us to reflect within ourselves. Somebody else is a test from Allah Ta'ala. Upon ourselves is what we have to reflect this on. Because these are not rules that apply without exception across the board to everyone in the same manner. Somebody would be purely a test on him. Despite his obedience to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is taking him closer by means of the sabr that he will make. But for ourselves, we know ourselves. We can judge within ourselves. That the latati in the ibadah, what is it due to? And this difficulty in livelihood. And the third thing he mentions is, the extraction of enjoyment. That even in the halal ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala blesses a person, such circumstances will prevail. Such conditions will come about. Such situations will crop up in the home maybe. Allah Ta'ala protect and save us. Oh, whoever. That now he's eating the best of food tastelessly. He's sitting in, the best of, in front of the best of scenery and he's depressed. He's got all the things that people are aspiring for that kind of entertainment and that kind of luxury and comfort but he can't get sleep he's totally got no feeling of life sahabi says this is the punishment that comes on the side of allah ta'ala upon disobedience allah ta'ala says this is how we compensate those who disobey allah ta'ala then further allah ta'ala says regarding these people that look at what we bless them with وَجَعَلْنَا بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ الْقُرَى الَّتِي بَارَكْنَا فِيهَا قُرًا ظَاهِرَةً وَقَدَّرْنَا فِيهَا السَّيْرِ سِيرُوا فِيهَا لَيَالِيَ وَأَيَّامًا آمِنِينَ The crux of this is, just to summarize it, that they used to travel, they had to travel often. So Allah Ta'ala says, we made it so easy for them, that between now, they would have to travel from one city to another city maybe. So en route, we lined it up at very convenient intervals we put all kinds of settlements all over the place so that while they are traveling they can even see all these settlements around makes a person feel a little bit safe a little bit comfortable now suddenly a person needs to stop to rest to have something to eat at very convenient distances all these settlements were there Allah seems to make this now look at these people's their response now on the one hand these are all the ni'mats of Allah Allah Ta'ala is enumerating these ni'mats. They were now in this lap of luxury. And they were now riding the crest of the wave in their terms. But then what happens is, now a person, because the heart is devoid from this lazzat, this becomes the punishment, that this taste comes out. Now the person needs something to bring some taste in his life. So now he's looking for some thrill. So the thrill, whatever can 
apparently seem to give him the thrill. Allah forbid if some drug will take that. And if he can do it in some better way, he'll try that. So something must give him the thrill. So here these people, Allah Ta'ala made this travels of this so easy. What they did? They started actually making dua. All the settlements all over the place and you're just traveling. It's taken the fun out of this journey. There has to be sometimes some deserts coming in between. Sometimes a person is feeling thirsty and there's no water. And sometimes there's some animals he now needs to maybe shoot them down. And he needs to live on the edge in our terms. He needs to have some, some thrill in life. Like this now, he's traveling so comfortably. So now he needs to have something, he needs to do some drag racing maybe. So that he gets to, on the edge of life. He needs to maybe go some bungee jumping or something. <laughs> and he needs to do all kinds of things which insaniyat also can't make head and tail of it. It's some other, something else beyond insaniyat. But where does this all come from? Why does a person need to do these kind of things in life? What brings him to that? Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with ni'mads to enjoy the comforts in a way that is safe, that is good, that is beneficial to him, beneficial to others. Now he's putting himself at risk, putting others at risk. And he's getting a thrill out of that drag racing. And all kinds of other things that keep a person on that so-called thrill. Why? Because this lazzat of life has come out. So they started making this kind of dua. Asking to Allah, 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 you make this journey of ours different now. All the settlements all over the way, this is, it's taken the fun out. Man. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا بَعِدْ بَيْنَ أَسْفَارِنَا وَظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ But in all this, what did they do? They brought this azab upon themselves. وَظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ They oppressed themselves. فَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ أَحَادِيثِ وَمَزَّقْنَاهُمْ كُلَّ مُمَزَّقِ these are such terrifying words that the Quran Sharif is saying. That a person who's familiar with these words, it sends a shiver down the spine. Like when a person tears something to bits and pieces. Allah Ta'ala says, mm-hmm. We shredded them to bits. Mm-hmm. And they just became a mention in the books. That these people existed at some time, but this was their end result. But this was for the Ibrat, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning, this entire incident in the Quran Sharif, that these bounties of Allah Ta'ala are to bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is a test. This is something which Allah Ta'ala has blessed for us to enjoy as well, to make shukr, but not to abuse and misuse, not to go to those avenues with it which bring down the wrath of Allah Taala, Not to use it in those ways that it harms the servants of Allah Taala, Or in any other way that Allah Taala is displeased with. So this life Allah Taala has given us is a very, very short life. We are here today. We don't know what's tomorrow. Tomorrow is far away. In the short life, Allah Taala has given us this time to prepare for the everlasting life of the hereafter. And that everlasting life, that is something, this is the planting field of that life, what we plant here is what we will sow there, what we will reap there, what we sow here is what we will harvest there. If we harvest, we sow iman, amal saliha, righteous actions in terms of our ibadat, in terms of how we conduct our dealings, our social life, our akhlaq and character, and all the various aspects of upgrading our deen all the time. That lesson of upgrading, we all the time upgrading our dunya, the lesson of upgrading our deen in our ibadat, in our mu'amlat, how we deal with people, that we become da'is in our trade. That our trading becomes an invitation to others. Our occupations, our jobs, our professions becomes an invitation to Islam. Our akhlaq, how we, what character we deal with people with. Unfortunately, many a times, the kind of things that come, it can only make a person hang his head in shame and nothing else. That when a person is giving the account of how he was dealt with by a Muslim, what kind of akhlaq and character was shown, only makes a person hang his head in shame. So this is not the way that a Muslim should be conducting himself. We should be upgrading ourselves in all these things. In our akhlaq, in our mu'amalat, mu'asharat, in our entire deen.
Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of Ya Allah, fulfilling our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us a tawfiq of reciting the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. That enable us to remember you and make your dhikr daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the correct mu'amalat and mu'asharat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us true da'is and true invite us towards deen in every action of ours, Ya Allah. In every word of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that is taking place, Ya Allah, is only out of your grace, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, nothing is worthy of presenting to you, Ya Allah. All of your mercy and grace, accept it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect us, Ya Allah. Protect our families, Ya Allah. Protect the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show down your rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are suffering poverty, give them food to eat, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are without shelters, give them shelters to live in, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are without clothes, give them clothes to wear, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, we acknowledge that all this is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a topic of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from those a'mal that bring down your rahmat and azab, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifaya, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, all those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Stand them the high stages in Jannah, Ya Allah. Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman e kamil, Ya Allah. Allah, take us on tawbat al nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us khatma bil khayr, Ya Allah. Allah, give us khatma bil khayr, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect our iman at the critical stage, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us, Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us Jannah for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, Allah, grant them the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are present, Ya Allah. Allah, you know the cry of each person's heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are well aware of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's worries and anxieties and sorrows and grief, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever difficulties anybody is suffering in, Ya Allah, remove their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhu wa sallam refuge from, Ya Allah, you grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours and become ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your true and sincere servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true and sincere servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours and you become ours, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna anasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaam wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-alir azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi Sayyiduna Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabi jma'in wa alhamdulillah